0: Welcome back to the program, Mom, Zev Brenner. Always a privilege, always a treat to have Rabbi Ari Lam with us. He's now the CEO of B'nai Zine. He's also the founder of the Joshua Project. I know him for many years when he was rabbinating, and now he's taken to a higher calling. In fact, his article recently appeared in the New York Post, Why the Cultural Elite Truly Despises Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Welcome to the program.
1: Great to be with you, Zev.
0: Thank you. Before I get to why and the war against Hanukkah, especially among the Jewish elite and the regular elite, just tell us about the Joshua Project.
1: Yeah, the Joshua Project is our newest initiative. Uh, It's a digital media platform bringing great biblical ideas and values to Americans of faith because, you know, now is a time where uh, we are desperately in need of a cultural, societal, civic refounding. America. Uh, has in many ways lost its way. We all feel it. Nobody feels great right now. What we need is that great shared vocabulary and those common values, and the only thing that that's, uh, that's ever supplied that for the American public has been the Bible. It's our moral founding document, no less than the Constitution is our political founding document, so we're bringing that out in a fun, short, accessible way the american public it's launching in about a, a week or two you can find more information at uh, www.thejoshuaproject.com we're very
0: excited terrific sounds great i'm sure we'll talk more about the joshua project but since we're in the middle of hanukkah who doesn't like hanukkah you write about the cultural elite despise it it's not just they don't dislike it they despise it who are they M- me who who are they and why
1: well, I remember uh, one of my favorite articles from uh, from uh, the 21st century, uh, even though I, I completely abhor everything that it stands for, is an article by the late Christopher Hitchens called "Bah hanukkah and in it he refers uh, to Hanukkah as a celebration of tribal Jewish backwardness. And, you know, if you're wondering why Hanukkah has always seemed to trouble uh, elites in America, especially amongst sort of the, the progressive wing of the American elite, I think it's because Hanukkah represents a battle, not just an ancient battle between Jews and Greeks, but a, a war that could have been fought uh, this past Wednesday, in the sense that you really have two groups, two world views at stake in this battle. It wasn't just a military battle. It was a, an intellectual one, a spiritual one, uh, and it was between a group on the one hand that saw... Uh, the pathway to good in peoplehood, in belonging, um, in, in telling your own unique story. And another group that saw the right way forward as being about sameness and a cultural one-size-fits-all. And, uh, you know, that's essentially the battle at the heart of American politics and society today. It's tradition versus cosmopolitanism.
0: Well, it certainly is the case. And listen, Sarah Prager took to the page of the New York Times why she won't be teaching her kids about Hanukkah.
1: I know it's one of those funny things where you, (laughs) when I saw the article, I I, I thought to myself, why on earth would the New York Times publish an article by a person who describes herself as a non-Jew writing about how she is not going to teach her non-Jewish children about a Jewish holiday, like why it's the most uh, dog-bites-man story you could possibly imagine, until you realize that it's precisely for this reason, because Hanukkah represents so much of what's at stake in American political life that the the cultural elite constantly needs to performatively reject Hanukkah over and over and over again, whether or not they're Jewish, because Hanukkah, uh, as sort of the triumph of belonging and peoplehood and specificity and, and national and religious aspiration, Is everything that the current elite opposes.
0: And it's also the few against the mighty, the unpopular against the popular, against the main culture versus non-main culture. That's really what it's all about. You have a small band, for those that don't know the Hanukkah story, a small band of Jewish rebels high priest led by Mattathias Yahu and they're fighting against the Assyrian Greeks who try to Hellenize, try to, and they didn't want to exile the Jews out of Israel what they wanted to do was to assimilate them and bring them to the Greek culture by banning the Jewish religion. So this was really a spiritual battle for the minds and the hearts and souls of Jews and, and what happened was is they fought against this and they had lots of Jews who were assimilated who were Misyavnim, Hellenized Jews who were comfortable and 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 this was their way of life. So to some degree, maybe we're seeing that in America today. Those that are assimilated don't want to be reminded of their Jewishness.
1: Well, I think on the one hand, what you see in American society today, which is different than in the era of, of Hanukkah, uh, is that on the one hand, uh, the modern Greeks, sort of the bad guys of the Hanukkah story, have become much more emboldened and are making public pushes to... Um, to downgrade the role of of faith and religion and and tradition in public life, whether that be, you know, this silly article in the New York Times or whether it be something real and pernicious like, uh, you know, Governor Cuomo for reasons having nothing to do with public health after uh, religious groups across the spectrum, Jews, Catholics, Muslims, and, uh, and, and attempting to impose capricious restrictions on them that, again, the Supreme Court had nothing to do with public health, and the Supreme Court had to, the Supreme Court had to strike down. So on the one hand, you see these very grave threats. But on the other hand, there are just incredible opportunities for coalition building that have never existed before in human history, which is to say that America has provided space in a wonderful way for groups that represent and love tradition, faith and community. Um, uh, groups that you might otherwise assume would have nothing in common or might even be at each other's throats, Orthodox Jews, Roman Catholics, Evangelical Christians, Muslims. You see these groups actually bonding together, and in that very Supreme Court case that was decided this past Thanksgiving, you saw those uh, religious groups actually standing up not just for, uh, you know, not just for themselves, but on behalf of all Americans and the religious liberty that's at the foundation of our culture. And for that reason, I think we have reason to be very cheered by the Hanukkah coalition that has emerged in our day.
0: But, you know, that's true. We live in in an age of contradiction. On one hand, you have Jews who intermarried, that are assimilated, but still connected to Judaism. And, uh, you know, maybe it's best in, in the nanny. Maybe that approach is best uh, done. It was years ago where they had a Hanukkah, Christmas, everything all mixed up. And then you have those Jews that are assimilated that really feel uncomfortable and don't want any reminder of their Judaism. And they're the ones that have most of in attacking Jewish rituals and maybe even Hanukkah. I spoke to Ed Asner the other day, by the way, who grew up Orthodox. He hasn't been connecting to Judaism since his Bar Mitzvah. He may, he calls himself post-Jew or post Judaism. I don't think he even celebrates Hanukkah with a gift. So you're seeing that unusual American mix of both those kinds of Jews.
1: You know, demographically, when you look at the future of the Jewish people in America, it's pretty clear, to anyone who's paying attention, that it's essentially going to look uh, sort of, uh, it's going to have a twofold character. They're going to be sort of the traditionally observant, call them Orthodox, or call them whatever you want, and then there's going to be the unaffiliated. You know, the liberal denominations, and I, I say this with regret, I don't think I really have a future, um, at least demographically speaking, I wish it were otherwise, um, but you have, you know, all these unaffiliated Jews, there are going to be masses of them, and actually on the one hand, you know, I really truly feel that, that there are actually some wonderfully creative things going on amongst unaffiliated Jews, I mean Jews across the world, not just in America. But especially in Israel and, and other places are really connecting to Jewish tradition in wonderful, exciting, and, and meaningful ways. And we should we should cheer those efforts on, because at the end of the day, that really is the, the battle at the heart of American culture, society and politics right now, which is do we, whether or not we're religiously observant, do we value tradition um, and the stories of our parents and our teachers uh, as fundamental goods protecting the American way of life, or do we just see tradition and faith and community as stupid relics of the past of the past that are holding us back? And I think that if we look at tradition as, as just a fundamental good, forget religious observance for a second, although, of course, I would love that also, but forget that for a second. If we look at tradition as just a fundamental good holding America together, I think we'll have gone a long way back on the path to virtue.
0: Our guest, Rabbi Ari Lam, he's written a fascinating article called Why the Cultural Elite Truly Despises Hanukkah. Why do they hate Hanukkah more than, if they're going to hate religion and hate practices, why do they hate Hanukkah more than Passover?
1: Well, I think Hanukkah is one of those, uh, is one of those holidays that it's, it's very difficult to strip down into some kind of bourgeois, liberal version of, of something else. So, you know, at least with Passover, as much as this is not what I think the holiday is about at its core, you can kind of strip it down enough that it still makes sense Without being threatening, so you can make it about liberty, about personal journeys, about this or that. But Hanukkah is one freedom like of sla- a freedom from slavery,
0: ar- right? Freedom from slavery.
1: Yeah, and and it is important for those reasons. It's about more than that as well, but it is important for those reasons, and that's part of what makes Passover so wonderful. I mean, there are ecumenical elements to Judaism that we should be deeply, deeply proud of, and that's one of them. Hanukkah just happens to be one of those holidays that you can't really <laughs> you can't really strip it down. To uh, to something non threatening in a in a liberal context like that without doing real violence to the holiday itself. So I think that's why Hanukkah has always been a thorn in the side of the kind of modern tastemakers.
0: Well, I thought maybe people. We object to Hanukkah because I saw a tweet of yours, and we say you heard of Dvar Torah on Sunday that we eat fried foods in Hanukkah because the ancient Greeks ide- idealized physical perfection. So to commemorate our victory over them, we dafka it means we go out of our way to eat fattening foods. So maybe those that don't want to be on a diet, don't want to eat the latkes, <laughs> don't want to eat the, the donuts, maybe maybe that's part of it too. I,
1: I want to give, I wanna give I, I, it's since come to my attention that the first person to make that joke was actually on Twitter. Unbeknownst to me is Ellie Liebwitz, an incredible Jewish comedian, so shouts to him. Uh, yeah, that's basically (laughs) the basic idea is that, you know, the Greeks prize bodily perfection, so on Hanukkah the Jews go out of their way to, uh, to uh, throw bodily perfection in the garbage and instead gorge ourselves on jelly donuts and potato pancakes. I love it.
0: (laughs) Right, that's the way of getting back at the Greeks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> by, uh, by the way, this is not an attack on the Greeks of today. This is on the ancient Greeks. I did a Hanukkah section in the New York Post about 15 years ago, and some Greeks attacked me for for talking about Hanukkah, about the victory of the Greeks. I want to make it clear this is about the Assyrian Greeks and that uh, controlled Israel uh, you know, thousands of years ago. So I just want to clear that for the record. What's been the reaction? Well, you know, one of, one yeah. of
1: my... One of my dear professors, actually, was uh, at Yeshiva University was a wonderful man named Louis Feldman, of blessed memory. He was a legendary classics professor, widely renowned in, in, uh, in academia. And every year on, on, on Hanukkah, he used to give a lecture in the main study hall, the main madrash of Yeshiva University, uh, titled, A, a Yard-Site Shear for the Greeks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, so this, we, don't, we don't want to you know, if you want to make it very, very clear. What's been the reaction to your article?
1: Oh I mean it's been fascinating because you know you have the spectrum on the one hand you have uh um I have some some wonderful friends who are self-identified uh liberal bourgeois of, practitioners of practitioners of Hanukkah who uh who um you know felt that uh you know they just didn't see themselves in the kind of Hanukkah that I was describing and so they like the kind of uh ified version of Hanukkah um but the overwhelming response and and shockingly by the way not just from jews the, the overwhelming response from 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 non-jews especially non-jews of faith has been yes this is exactly what we see playing out in our culture today and and hanukkah was the rallying cry that i didn't know i needed and i'll tell you you know on on the, on my podcast good faith effort which you can find on on apple or spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. you know i I've, I've had on uh, every week I have on, um, you know, thinkers from other faith traditions, you know, actors, journalists, political thinkers. But I've had some wonderful thinkers from other faith traditions who have, who have understood almost intuitively the natural alliance that we, uh, that we traditional religious communities can share uniquely at this moment in time. You know, Avi Shafrin in the Forward just had a wonderful article about this. I mean, it's just, it's apparent to anyone who's paying attention.
0: See, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, for some reason there's considered to be a war against uh, Hanukkah. There was a movie years ago called From the Hebrew Hammer, where he spoke about the tension. Yeah, I remember it. Right, and that was the war against Hanukkah. And this is really what you're writing about, that those the culturally, both Jewish and non-Jewish, hate Hanukkah and want to snuff it out. I mean, that movie was was an interesting one from years ago, but certainly you picked up on that theme.
1: Right, right, and and what's 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 important to credit, you know, to sort of clarify is, you know, I'm not arguing there's a war on, on on Hanukkah per se. The same way you might say there's like a war on Christmas. Meaning, it's not so much that people are trying to stamp out the observance of Hanukkah as you have the 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 elite rejecting everything that Hanukkah stands for because what Hanukkah stands for is the triumph of, of tradition and eternal truths over universalism and and fleeting. Uh, whimsy. If you and despise Hanukkah that, and you don't uh,
0: celebrate it, then it's a war against Hanukkah because you're eradicating from your life and your family life.
1: Yeah, and I, I see Hanukkah not, not sort of as a target or a victim, but on the contrary, as a rallying cry for those in society who really see the right of things.
0: And what's interesting is that, uh, on the other hand, because people see so many Christmas symbols and symbols of other religions during the season, a Hanukkah one resonates for somebody who's hungering for spirituality. And the Chabad movement has really taken that and really to their advantage by going out. And this is their time of year when they're pushing menorahs on public property, which they've done for so many years. That became their rallying cry to get Hanukkah onto the mainstream.
1: Yeah, and, and in general, the reason, you know, Chabad is so wonderful is, is, is of course, because of the incredible work they do on behalf of the Jewish people. But, you know, recall that the Lubavitcher Rebbe was one of the, you know, American religious public intellectuals, you know, several decades ago, who was emphasizing the importance of, of, uh, of you know, faith being taught in public schools, uh, not in a sectarian manner, of course, and, and he was very active around that Supreme Court decision. But, you know, he felt very strongly that America was, Sort of uniquely blessed to be a nation rooted in, in, in faith and belief and tradition and community. And I think that that's the, exactly the kind of spirit that we need nowadays. So certainly, uh, Chabad I think is on the side of light.
0: Right, and, and, and to conclude, basically speaking, your message is is that we can learn from Hanukkah. It's the few against many. To me, the message of Hanukkah is, for a Jew, you never give up hope. Here he had a small band that went against a world power who would think that they would be able to be victorious, and yet they were. So that's the whole message of Hanukkah, is when things look bleak, you had a little light, and it really makes a difference, that you never, never give up. Amen. What's your next article going to be about?
1: Uh, well, I actually just had an article come out uh, in First Things, the Journal of uh, Religion and Public Life, uh, about the recent Supreme Court decision where I explore some of these themes, so I, I encourage you to check it out.
0: Terrific. And I, think also- it's called,
1: I think it's called Make America Good Again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I like that. And I also recommend people read the article why the cultural elite truly despise Hanukkah so thank you it's eight days in fact uh, there's some opinions that were actually we're nine days of Hanukkah which I certainly wouldn't mind if there were nine days of Hanukkah but eight days is great and we're going to make Hanukkah great people say if you eat latkes and you, and you really grate the potatoes you're making Hanukkah you're making the latkes and Hanukkah great again too so ah <laughs> and, very good very good I love it and that, definitely
1: check out the thejoshuaproject.com it's going to be very exciting I'm looking
0: forward for the launch Wednesday tell us when it's going to pre- premiere
1: uh, it's going to launch uh, right at the uh, end of December, so about we're about uh, a week and a half away. We've
0: got to have you back again. And, and you, again.
1: Can sign up, you can sign up now at the Joshua Project dot com to stay updated, get special offers. It's pretty, pretty great.
0: Rabbi Ari Lam, the CEO of B'nai Zain, founder of the Joshua Project, thank you for being with us. Happy Hanukkah.
1: Happy Hanukkah. My pleasure, Zeb.
0: And we're going to be right back.